Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Good morning. Last Sunday, Simon introduced us to a new series called Dangerous Faith. In this series, we will be looking at the book of Acts and how persecution seemed to be at the centre of growth. With this series, we'll be watching videos each week from Open Doors and following that, we'll pick out a few things that we're going to look at together. I thought it would be really helpful before we watch this week's video together to remind ourselves of the reasons for doing this series and what we are looking to achieve from this series. So what we're, what we're looking to do is to firstly get a better understanding of the birth of the early church and how the gospel spread and flourished even under persecution. Secondly, we're looking to deepen our own confidence in God's love and presence during our own times of suffering. And thirdly, we're looking to grow in our awareness of our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ and to stand with them in prayer. So we're going to watch the video now and then we're going to look at a few things from the video afterwards. There comes a point in every Christian's life where we get into situations wondering whether God's given up on us. Maybe it just feels like he's not using us as he should. You can't help this little voice bubbling up. You know, has God still got the same use for me? And it seems like we're drifting when we really want to be conquering. Well, maybe the book of Acts can help us with this, especially its intriguing ending. That the key to joy might lie in looking just as much at where we are as at what we are doing. In the message translation, the last line is, and his door was always open. That's the final image of the book of Acts. It's people coming in and out when Paul is under house arrest. Samuel Goldwyn once said uh, to his scriptwriters, dart with an earthquake and build to a climax. And certainly look started right. You, know, you get Pentecost, tongues of fire coming down on the people, speaking languages they never knew, and they're turned into lions where they were mice before. And then, of course, the story builds after that. Uh, you get healings, you get confrontation with the, the Jewish authorities, then you get the persecution, spreading people out. Paul becomes converted and uh, he begins to travel. And so it's building and building, and Paul even gets to the, the greatest intellectual forum in the world, the Areopagus in Athens. And then, suddenly, the story takes another twist. Paul goes back to Jerusalem, he gets arrested, and to escape a mob that would lynch him, he uses his Roman citizenship to say, I want to go to Caesar and have my case held in front of him. 
And so for the rest of the book, he's travelling to Rome as a prisoner. You would think, well, aren't we heading now for the climax? The world's most amazing missionary is going to meet the world's most powerful man on behalf of the world's most powerful God? You couldn't think that one up even in Hollywood. What would Paul say to Caesar? What would Caesar say to Paul? Would there be a miracle? Would there be a martyrdom? What a showdown. But Luke doesn't take us there. Luke gets him to Rome and he stops the book with Paul under house arrest and people just going in and out. And you could hear the Samuel Goldwins of the world saying, where's my climax? What happened? What did Paul say? What did Caesar say? Did the trial even happen? This is the Bible's most dramatic book. But it doesn't seem to have that dramatic an ending. And we're left with a very important question. Why is this an ending to the book? I remember at seminary hearing a scholar tell us that actually Luke just ran out of space on the scroll. But surely there's more to it than that. Surely this is the way Luke meant it. Surely this is the way the Holy Spirit meant it. But it's still a very strange ending. Why is this the right ending to the book? And I think I, I got a little clue to it when I was traveling in China. I met this great leader there who uh, was an expert on the history of the Chinese church. And uh, everybody was going to China at that point and trying to find out why they had had such a huge revival. It's the largest scale revival in the history of the church. It grew from about less than a million before 49 and it's up to 85 million, probably more, today. And this man said, uh, he said, this is the story of the revival. Let me tell you, it's not about personalities. Think places, not people, he said. And he said, I think the story is how God brought the gospel to four locations. They all begin with C. The court, the compound, the church, and the kitchen. And his English was rather rudimentary, and uh, yet there's great theology there. First it comes to the court, he means the emperor. But when the emperor cooled, the faith stalled. But something was left to build on. Then it came to the compound, he means the missionary compound in the 19th century when all the Protestant missionaries came, and they pushed deep into the interior and they had to build compounds for themselves. And they've made a few converts and the converts roughly stayed in the, in the compound. But it's very difficult to have a really Chinese church in a Western compound. Still, something was left to build on. Then the gospel comes to the church and the missionaries make enough converts. They build some small rudimentary churches. Some of them are actually quite large and they're filled. But even so, uh, by the time Mao takes power in 49, you couldn't say Christianity had grown that much or was that impressive. In fact, there was a famous novelist called Pearl Buck who said, Christianity has left no more impact on China than a finger drawn through water. Still, something was left to build on. And then finally, it comes to the kitchen. And what he means is that in the terrible time of the Cultural Revolution between 66 and 76, when the communists really unleashed a very severe persecution on the church. The Bibles were burned, pastors imprisoned, and churches were all closed. People had to go, the Christians that were left, had to go into the home, and they got together in the home. They whispered the hymns, they passed around fragments of scripture. 
It was very dangerous. But that's really where the faith became really Chinese and it embedded in the family for the first time in hundreds of years. And when it becomes part of the family, it becomes part of the fabric of Chinese society. And so he said that was the key to the revival. And so from that crucible of persecution, when the faith went into the home, out came this huge revival. So he said, think places, not people. And that's a great principle. And I thought, hmm, wonder if I should take that to the book of Acts. One of the key verses, obviously, of the book of Acts is always Acts 1.8, where Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will fall upon you and uh, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there's a kind of geographic plot laid out even uh, in the first chapter. The book of Acts is all about how the Holy Spirit get the gospel out from a cultural backwater like Palestine and Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. I think we could see the whole book of Acts through four locations. Jerusalem, Samaria, Antioch, and Rome. And each city is like a concentric circle as the gospel spreads out. Jerusalem at first, the Jews really get the message. Samaria, the half-Jews, the Samaritans, also get the message. Antioch, everybody in the Gentile world is starting to get it too. And then finally Rome, where if it gets to Rome, it gets everywhere. There was a saying at the time that said all roads lead to and from Rome. It was the center of the world. Everybody's going to Rome and coming from Rome. When Paul gets to Rome and sits in house arrest, the world is coming to him, all the Christians are coming to him, he's explaining the gospel and out they go. That's it. That's the gospel going to the ends of the earth. If you look at the geography, it's mission accomplished. Don't need the courtroom scene. Don't need the big confrontation with Caesar if it ever happens. It's not important. It doesn't matter. Because it's not about the personalities. It's about the places. And it's about what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Spirit's the hero of the book. This is what I, I, I love about the ending, because there are times when I feel trapped. I'm not using my gifts as I should, or so I say to God. And I think, well, I'm sure Paul felt the same. Paul was stuck in a house, chained to a Roman soldier 24-7. And this is a man who always wanted to be on the edges of the earth, spreading the gospel. Couldn't do it. And yet, actually, that's the climax. That's the gospel going absolutely everywhere because of where he's sitting. Paul was really being the ultimate missionary in more ways than he knew. I haven't experienced a Pentecost. I haven't seen an ascension. I haven't seen a resurrection. But I know that I've sat on a sofa and I've talked to people and that person has gone out and done something with those words because I believe in faith that every time you share something in love from the scripture, it is eternal in its effects. So this is a great comfort. This is how it works. So here's the great encouragement from this amazing book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is always active to get the gospel out to the world through us in more ways than we will ever be aware. Because even if we're not able to do something, we can always be somewhere. 
I hope you enjoyed that video. I love the different perspective that Ronald, who was speaking in the video, gives on the book of Acts. There's some really great theology and challenges that I think gives us a better understanding of the book of Acts in that video, but also a lot that challenges us today. So all I want to do now is to pick out a few things that Ronald talked about that I think can both challenge us in the way we read the book of Acts and also in the way that we live our lives. The first thing I want to talk about, the first thing that I think is a big challenge to us in the way we read the book of Acts is a comment he made that I thought was just brilliant. He said this comment, the hero of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the book's main character, not Paul. And without this interpretation of the book, the other points that Ronald makes in the video that we just watched are kind of meaningless. The problem is, when we read the book, it isn't that obvious. If you've ever tried to read the book of Acts in one sitting, in one go, by the time you read the final chapter, chapter 28, you could be forgiven for thinking this book was about Paul. It almost feels a little bit like this is Luke's writing of the life of Paul, just like his previous book was his account of Jesus. It almost feels a little bit like this is Luke's account of Paul. In my Bible, after Saul's conversion to Paul, In chapter 8, there are 21 passages where Paul's name is in the title that the translators give to each passage. 21 passages between chapter 8, his conversion, and chapter 28, the final book, uh, the final chapter of the book. And almost every single other passage, every single other title of the passages between chapter 8 and 28, are just the names of the places where Paul had gone to minister. He really does seem like the main character of the book of Acts. And he also seems like the hero of the book. And you can see why. The story of Paul is so dramatic, it is so exciting. And as we read through the book, the momentum of his life and what he's going to do with it builds and builds and builds. The persecutor whose life was transformed and is now spearheading the growth of the gospel, the growth of the church. And then comes this future moment, this moment that we hear about, that Paul is about to stand in front of the most influential person in the world, Caesar. Surely this will be the pinnacle of the story. He's about to come face to face with this man. We're building up to it. We're ready for it. 
and then it fizzles out. And suddenly he's on his way to house arrest in Rome. And what a letdown that is. In a book that, be, that could be called The Marvellous Adventures of Paul, we're let down as the climax never comes. Over Christmas, Emma and I started watching a, uh, the Marvel films. And if you, like me of a couple of months ago, have no idea what Marvel films are, which, by the way, is apparently a crime, then basically all you need to know is that it's about some superheroes. But each of these films seem to have the same layout. At the start of the film, you get to know the character, and the film normally tries to make you like the character. And then they have some, the character, the main character, the superhero, has some small hurdles that they've got to get over. And then something bad happens. And it all builds up to this big moment, which is a massive, long, ridiculously long fight scene at the end, which, spoiler alert, the superhero almost always wins. Apparently, the climax of these films are the 20-minute-long fight scenes. And apparently, that's the reason that people actually like watching these films. But without fail, they always build up to this moment, to the big fight scene where all will be resolved, where all will be fought out and the superheroes will win. The expectation in Acts, as we read through, is that the climax of the book will be this confrontation between Paul and Caesar. Where Paul, who is so articulate and so clever, will convert everyone present and everyone will go away praising God and spreading the good news. But this isn't what happens. This moment that had been built up simply becomes a letdown. So why wasn't this moment God's plan? Because it was the obvious plan. As we were reading the book, this is how you'd expect it to end. Did God miss this opportunity? Did he miss the plan? Did he not quite work it out beforehand? Well, it seems to be that God was showing us something by this not being the ending. And what he was showing us is that the story, the book of Acts, was never about Paul. It was about the Holy Spirit. Christianity spread to Rome, to the ends of the earth, not because of Paul's great moment with Caesar, but because when people visited him in Rome under house arrest, they got filled with the Holy Spirit and equipped to spread the good news right where they are in Rome. The book of Acts is not about Paul's mission to spread the gospel, but about the mission of the Holy Spirit to change lives. 
And it's only until this is clear that the book was about the Holy Spirit at work and not about Paul at work that we can understand the second thing that I want to pick out from this video. And this second thing that I want to pick out is that the revival of the church was about places and not people. Did you hear that phrase that uh, Ronald used a couple of times? It's about places, not people. And what he doesn't mean by that is that God doesn't care about people. What he doesn't mean is that God doesn't use people to advance uh, the gospel. What he means is it's not about the personality. It's about the place where God puts them. Ronald talks, talked about the geographical plan that was set out at the start of the book, at the start of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I found it really interesting hearing the links, the similarities between this, what we read in Acts, and the Chinese revival. It was so interesting, this explanation of how they both were based around places. And the Chinese revival was explained as being about four locations, the court, the compound, the church and the kitchen. And as I was watching this and reflecting on this, the links, the similarities. I was struck that in both of these moments of revival, when it really kicked off, was when they were meeting in homes and when they were being filled with the Holy Spirit and influencing those around them. It was really interesting hearing about this Chinese revival that the missionaries did so much. They brought uh, Bibles into China they set a bit of a uh, start to Christianity, brought it to the compounds, but it wasn't quite Chinese yet. It wasn't quite taking part in their culture. It wasn't really spreading to the levels that it did when it was in homes, when people were together, when they were uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to be with them and then going out and telling people the good news. It wasn't about brilliant preaching by Paul or by the missionaries in China, although God definitely used their gifts. But God's plan of revival was about sending spirit-filled people to locations that needed Jesus. And Paul had all the qualifications needed to be the chosen one to be the one who spread the good news to everyone, the only one in charge for God to simply use him and say, all right, Paul, you get on with it. I mean, he studied under the scholar Gamaliel, the great scholar. He knew the scriptures inside out. 
He had an amazing transformation story, an amazing testimony to tell everyone. He had everything that he needed to be able to convince people into following Jesus. But God spread the gospel to Rome, the ends of the earth, not by Paul's gifts or personalities or personality, but by using his situation of house arrest in Rome. Even without Paul being able to use his preaching or any of those giftings, God used him where he was to complete his geographical plan. I want to ask you this morning, where has God placed you? What people has God placed around you? For lots of us, those places and those people have changed massively during COVID times. We're normally surrounded by loads of people at work and then suddenly that number has massively decreased as we're told to stay at home. And you may be feeling disheartened by that. You may feel like you were just starting to build deep, real relationships with people. You may feel like you were just getting to a point where you were showing Jesus to your workplace. You may feel like you were just about starting to make an impact and then it all fell through. And I wonder if Paul would have been thinking the exact same. Before house arrest, Paul was preaching to hundreds all the time. He was influencing thousands. He even had the chance to influence the most influential person in the world. Then suddenly it was all taken away from him. But note that it was in that moment, it was in those moments when it was taken away from him, that God chose to complete the plan of Acts. God chose to complete this geographical plan that he set out at the beginning of the chapter. God used Paul's new, much smaller circle of influence to be the catalyst of the completion of the Acts mission. In our lives, our social circles have massively shrunk. We've had to put some relationships on hold and things just look so different. But we have a new opportunity. We've been placed in our house in our street, in our town. And God is longing for a relationship with each person in our house, in our street, in our town. We have a different circle of influence now and we have new opportunities to show Jesus's love. So I guess the question is, how? How can we show this love to our neighbours and to our streets? Well, maybe it's checking up on people, 
offering to pray when you hear that someone on your street is ill. Dropping around chocolate or cooking a meal for someone who's struggling. Offering to do someone shopping who's isolating. Or even just a phone call. Or maybe a smile and a hello when you're doing your daily exercise and you pass someone. One of the things I've found hardest socially about not uh, about all the social distancing is not being able to meet together here at Riverside. But when I was reflecting on this, I thought, do you know what? This is also a massive opportunity. Whilst I miss meeting together, the exciting thing is, is that over a hundred people, over a hundred families are watching us online each week. And this means that people are worshipping God in over a hundred houses in our area. That's a hundred, over a hundred streets where uh, God is being worshipped in one of the houses in the streets. And let's make this an opportunity for the Holy Spirit who is with us, who is present with us, who meets with us as we join online on our TV or our laptop. Let's make this an opportunity for that Holy Spirit to overflow out of our house, into our neighbours, into our family, into the streets. All we need to do is ask God what the Father is doing and join in with him. And finally, because of these things, because it's about the Holy Spirit and not Paul, and because it's about places and not personalities, it means that everybody, everyone has a part to play. In the start of the video, it said that sometimes we may question whether God has a purpose for us whether God is using us. And you may be feeling a bit like that during lockdown. What's my purpose? What I'm used to doing, my circle of influence is gone. And the way that I usually express my giftings, the way that I usually uh, am used by God is not happening anymore. My gifts are not being used. And I think... Paul would have been agonising over this as well. It's clear to see his giftings and him being chained to a soldier in house arrest is not going to help him go and preach to hundreds. But because it's not about our personalities, we still have a part to play. And the simplest way of showing Jesus' love is to pray because it's the Holy Spirit that brings revival. God may use our giftings. God may use uh, the things that we've been doing over the, uh, the span of our lives. But the main reason the revival comes is because the Holy Spirit is amongst us. And it was the Holy Spirit that brought revival in China and it was the Holy Spirit that brought revival in the early church. And we can pray for those around us 
that the Holy Spirit will be at work in their lives, that the Holy Spirit will meet with each person in our streets where they are at. And there are other ways that we can spread God's love. We can play our part whether we're introverts or extroverts. God can use us to reach others because it's his spirit inside us that is the real hero of revival. So there are three encouragements today as we begin this series. The first encouragement is that the Holy Spirit is the main character of the book of Acts and of any revival. The second encouragement is that God has placed you where you are with the people around you for a reason, even in this season of COVID. And the third encouragement is that everyone has a part to play in showing God's love. It's not dependent on your personality and giftings. It's just dependent on God and his Holy Spirit at work in you. Let's pray. God, thank you that we can read together the book of Acts. God, thank you that the book of Acts is not a book about Paul, but a book about your Holy Spirit and your mission to make Jesus known and for your love to be shown to all. God, I pray that when we uh, hear voices that we're not good enough, that we don't have the right personality to show people, people God's love. Lord, I pray that you silence that, Lord. I pray that you remind us of the love that you have for us and the power of the spirit that you've put inside of us. God, I pray that you speak to us this morning about the places, the locations where we have been placed. Lord, will you give us uh, an idea of our sphere of influence, Lord? Lord, give us opportunities to spread the news of the gospel, to spread the good news. Holy Spirit, will you come and be with us? However we're feeling, will you come and be with us this morning? Fill us up so that we can go out. Fill us up. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.